Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Below the Edeline podcast presented by Wicked Minis. They're taking the bland and the blah out of oyster crackers with six delicious flavors that are great on soups, salads, or just as a handheld snack. You can get your Wicked Minis today online at walmart.com, amazon.com, and as always at moonlightmixes.com. Welcome back to the show. It's been two, three days since I recorded an episode and, and been probably a week since I recorded an episode in uh, my natural habitat here of our beautiful Christmassy holiday vibe BTYL studio, our virtual below the line studio here. Um, before we get into the show, I also want to tell you guys to go over to Patreon, patreon.com backslash below the line podcast to pledge your first $4 today. You may say, why the heck should I give this fool $4? Well, you will get exclusive behind-the-scenes access to trailers and early access to our Christmas movie about North Wilkesboro Speedway. I'm expecting to put that out about a week or two early for any Patreon members, which we don't have any yet. So if you want to be one of the first, uh, go on over to patreon.com backslash below the on podcast. Link is in uh, the description and the, the channel links and all that good stuff. You also get early access to our New Year's movie and the trailer for that probably coming out soon over there. Uh, our movie about Mark Martin, aptly titled The Kid. And behind-the-scenes content, if you want to see the behind-the-scenes of my day in the life or uh, the behind-the-scenes of how I record an episode of the Below the Online podcast or any other stuff like that, that's where that stuff will go. And any exclusive content I feel like I should release just for the Patreon members. So I'll put that banner down at the bottom of the screen. It's $4. That's the only tier we have right now. $4 a month goes a long way to supporting me and it goes a long way into you getting exclusive content and early access to content as well. The things we're talking about on tonight's show, pretty simple. Uh, Eric Almarola and his future, and also the test that went on today at the Phoenix Raceway. We're going to start. It, it shouldn't be a very long show. I'm hoping I can get Emily on here soon. She's dealing with a lot of stuff right now. She's very busy. Uh, hopefully we can get on, uh, get her on the show pretty soon here. I got a fun Christmas-themed show. We also just got a lot of fun shows. We're going to talk about the legacies of Harvick, the legacy of Eric Amarola, at least in the Cup Series, because now, anyway, it sounds like he's, you know, he's going to be, you know, uh, in the Xfinity Series with JGR. We'll touch on that here in just a second. Um, we'll talk about Jesse Love's expectations with RCR. We'll talk about Kevin Harvick's expectations um, for, uh, um, what am I trying to say here? Um, or sorry, Josh Berry's expectations, not Kevin Harvick. We'll talk about Legacy Motor Club's expectations. Let's talk about Eric Amarola first. So if you haven't seen the video yet, and it's been spreading around NASCAR social media like wildfire, so I kind of doubt that you guys haven't seen it. But if you haven't seen it, there is a video uh, that an NBC sports reporter in Washington, uh, D.C., took while at the Commanders-Dolphins game on Sunday. The Dolphins won that game 45-15. That's besides the point. Joe Gibbs, who coached the Redskins to multiple Super Bowl titles, was there, um, as was Christopher Bell, who currently drives for JGR, and Eric Amarola, who does have ties to Joe Gibbs Racing. Remember, he drove for them in the, the late 2000s and early 2010s in the Nationwide Series. And there's that infamous race of the Milwaukee Mile where he was replaced by Denny Hamlin because Hamlin had to go across the country to capture his practice at Sonoma. But Almarola was replaced. 
in a race he started and was dominating. He was none too happy about it. Denny Hamlin ended up winning that race. He was none too happy about it. He does have ties to Joe Gibbs. It doesn't sound like their split was very amicable. But now you have this video in which Eric Amarola at this at this commander's game with Joe Gibbs is being introduced. And I, I can't remember who he was being introduced to. I don't remember Joe Gibbs saying who he was introducing uh, Christopher Bell and Eric Amarola to. But he said, you could barely hear it, but he said, this is Eric. He's driving for us now. or He drives for us now. Something along those lines. And uh, I don't think this is a case of Joe Gibbs' brain being stuck back in 2009. Um, or whenever that. You know, whenever he was with JGR, I can't remember. It might have been 08, might have been 07. I can't remember exactly. I don't think this is a case of that. I think, and, you know, it's basically confirmed at this point, that Eric Amarola will drive for JGR in 2024 in the Xfinity Series on a part-time basis. He's not taking the ride of Truex, Bell, Gibbs, or Hamlin. He's not, you know, he's not going over to JGR's Xfinity program, which, you know, Chandler Smith is expected to sign with them, but by and large, their plans aren't fully filled. So it would make sense to me if they, you know, if they have two full-time cars and then they had that 19 open as an all-star car, which presumably that would be the car Eric Amarola would drive. Now, the last time he was in an Xfinity race, at least that I remember, was Sonoma last summer. He won that race in an RSS racing car. And yes, it was prepped mostly by Stuart Haas, but still an RSS car. That's not a very good race car, guys. That's a car that runs 25th to 30th most weeks, and he won on a road course where he is notorious for not running well. Like, road courses, not his thing. And speaking of Sonoma, I saw today it's getting repaved for 2024. It's a big deal. Um, but Eric Camarola will likely drive for JGR. He never said that he was just completely leaving NASCAR last year. He said he was retiring from full-time cup competition. He said the same thing in 22 when we all thought he wouldn't be driving this year. Um, he never ruled out the possibility of going back. He never ruled out the possibility of, of running a lower tier series race. And I like it when these guys that leave do that. I like it when you get to see Dale Jr. and maybe Kevin Harvick come back and run a race or two, run a one-off. And, uh, I think it's good for the sport to see, uh, to see, uh, legends, to see retired drivers come back. I think it's good for them too. I think, you know, these drivers, the drivers that I've talked to and really gotten to know, um, you know, some of the guys I've talked to on the show, like like Dawson Cram and and getting to know him a little bit better, you know, outside of just an interview in the show. It's, you know, and Brayton Lasher as well. These guys were born to race. They got that bug. They have, um, you know, all this. And uh, it's just something that really never leaves you. That bug never leaves you. And that's why I think it's so great for them, not only for us as fans, but why it's so great for them to be able to drive again. And that's a big part, I think, in why Eric Amarola is going to get this opportunity. And it's a big opportunity. Uh, we've seen guys, you know, Joe Graff, Trevor Bain get that opportunity. While they haven't won, they put together some pretty solid runs. And remember Ryan Truex, last year at Dover, finally avenged his demons and got his first Xfinity win with the Monster Mile last, uh, last April. So it's a really good race car. Eric Amarola, I think, is, is you know, I, I don't think the last three pretty terrible years of his career really define him or shouldn't define him uh, being with a team that was clearly behind in terms of ingenuity and innovation and just about every other metric you can grade them by. Um, 
And, you know, 20, people forget Harvick was the main story of 2020. But Eric Amarola had a stretch where I think he rattled off eight or nine top tens in a row and five or six top fives in a row during the summer. He was red hot during the summer stretch. Made the playoffs, nearly won Talladega that year. Um, finished third, spinning across the line. I mean, that didn't his finish, but um, solid driver. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see him get this opportunity. Um, I don't know how many races he'd run. I'd suspect like seven. Eight, I think that's kind of how many Bain and, and Joe Graff ran last year. Um, I'd love to see Ryan True. I'd love to see Truex in the full time ride, Ryan Truex. But um, I'd love to see Truex probably get the bulk of those races, honestly. See if he, he's interested in going back full time because I think he could do a pretty solid job. Um, but happy for Amarola, you know, get an opportunity to get an opportunity that not many drivers get after they initially retire. You don't see. Um, and, you know, unless it is Dale Jr., but he owns the car he's driving. That's a different situation. You don't see many guys who retire, whether they do try to go back to Cup or they try to go back to Xfinity, whether they, you know, they try to go back to uh, trucks in a full-time or part-time opportunity, they don't usually get great equipment. Uh, nor do guys who are in their 50s and even 60s, guys like, you know, the Labani brothers, they weren't getting anywhere near top-shelf stuff as they aged and, and were clearly uh, regressing. But um, happy to see Eric Amarola kind of reverse that trend. He's getting a big opportunity here. Now, this is different from a guy like a, a prospect or someone, you know, still in the middle of their career. If he doesn't do anything with it and, you know, people remember him for the, you know, they'll remember him for the last thing he does. Um, if he doesn't do well, it's not going to be as big of a story as if it was Corey LaJoy or some, you know, Jesse Love, some hot prospect, um, you know, fresh out, you know, fresh out of high school. It'd be much different. So, that's the advantage Amarola has here if this kind of blows up in his face and it doesn't go well. You know, if he runs like crap, nobody's going to think much of it. If he runs really well, it's going to be a great American success story. So um, I, I think, I'm, again, I'm, I'm happy for it. I think it is an absolutely fantastic, fantastic thing for him. Um, but we'll see. I, would, I, I, think he can, I, I think he could win a race. Um, I'd probably pick him for a super speedway rather than Kansas or Martinsville or Sonoma, but I think he could win, you know, anywhere. He won a road course last year. Moving on, our last topic of the night, the uh, the six-team test today. A test at Phoenix Raceway uh, today on December 5th, and there might be another day tomorrow. I can't exactly remember. So it was a tire test for Goodyear, a tire compound with thicker treads. Um... And, and also an aerodynamic test as well. And it's also the first look at the all-new Ford Camry, or Ford Camry, Toyota Camry, and the all-new Ford Mustang Dark Horse. Those look slick, by the way. Those cars, I'm going to put some pictures up in the screen and post, but these cars look slick. I don't love the shape of the Toyota. It's not as like distinct and curved and all that. Um uh, you know, as the as the old one, obviously the the Mustang doesn't look just too different to me, if I'm being completely honest. Um, but it, but it's a good test. Uh, Chris Busher, Ryan Blaney, uh, those are both guys that participated today. I'm trying to see uh, this driver list here. Um, yeah, Busher, Blaney, uh, Christopher Bell, and I I think Ty Gibbs is there. Don't quote me on that. But the big one, obviously, Blaney. Yeah, you know, um, being the champion, Busher off a breakout year, Bell off a, uh, a championship four um, appearance, 
Uh, it's a big deal. So they got some pretty big name drivers to do this test. And every NASCAR uh, test is is you know mostly going to get a um, a pretty big response on social media. Everybody's going to be talking about it, and and that's just how this rabid you know motorsports fan base is. Um, which I, I really enjoy. I really like looking at the updates and, and it's not so much speed. It's not like a practice session where you're looking at which drivers are the fastest and getting in a chance to run laps is, is great for them. I'm sure. Um, but for the most part, it's just NASCAR trying out new things and short track racing, road course racing with the next gen car has not been good. It was better this year. Coda was a really good race until all the shenanigans happened. I thought the fall Martinsville race was pretty solid. I thought Bristol in the fall was pretty solid. But there, it definitely needs to be improved. Gen 6, short track racing. It wasn't always great, but that had a lot more wow moments, you know, especially in the first couple of years, than the next-gen car has. Um, so they're, they're going to get better. They're going to improve things. But if they're not going to add horsepower, this is the next best thing, next, sorry, next best thing they can do. But adding horsepower is the easy fix. And they can say, oh, we don't want to add horsepower. They're just not listening to the drivers. That's not cool. If I'm Steve O'Donnell or Steve Phelps, I should feel ashamed I'm not listening to the drivers. Because, um, you know, they're the ones, you know, making sure you make money, making sure you have a product. Um, you've got to listen to the drivers, in my opinion. If you're not listening to the drivers, it's like being, you know, the manager of McDonald's and not listening to your employees. And um, it just it just doesn't work. And nobody's happy, uh, and you're not retaining drivers. And again, you kind of need the drivers to, you know, make the world spin around. So, just you know, a tip there for the for the lovely folks at NASCAR. Um, yeah, that, that that's the big part of what I wanted to say on that. Just you know, got to criticize NASCAR a little bit. They they should add more horsepower, be the easy fix. But NASCAR's not going to do that. So, oh well. Anyway. That's all I had to talk about, guys. We'll talk about David Reagan, some Cup free agency, some some more free agency stuff for Truck Xfinity and Cup on these next few shows. We've got a fun Christmas theme show with Emily. Christmas movie coming out December 25th early. If you subscribe to the Patreon early, $4 a month, go pledge now. Um, I'm going to talk to Alex Hayden of MRN soon, get some expectations on the board for Legacy Motor Club, Jesse Love, Josh Berry, and Mark Martin, the kid, that movie coming out on New Year's Day, January the 1st. Like, subscribe, comment, share. Head on over to MoonlightMixes.com. Get your Wicked Minis. And they have a winter edition and holiday edition Wicked Mix. Uh, some great stocking stuffers. Uh, those with make went Yoda for a second. They'd also just make great gifts as well. I'm Sam Lutzub from the Spotter Sand YouTube channel and the Below the Line podcast. I will talk to you guys later. Goodbye. <laughs>